Hey, Rav Ariel here. Spiritual practice worth its salt always helps people encounter life circumstances better. The one thing I want to give anyone looking for a mindful meaning in the Jewish holiday of Passover is the way to use bitter circumstances as the fuel for spiritual growth. Applying a mindful lens to Jewish practice helps make it relevant and build your ability to maintain calm and even thrive through difficulty. That's what I help people do. It's the principles for moving through bitter circumstances mindfully and a lightly guided meditation on applying the principles discussed. Have a happy Passover. Check one, two, one, two. Is this thing working? You're listening to Rabbi Ariel Schollklapper, the wisdom and tools you need to thrive. The piece of Passover, of the story, of the process of reliving and recounting the Passover miracle or the story of Passover that we, as Jewish people, every year recount. And to actually to say that we recount it every year would also be to kind of, it's true, yes, we have the Passover Seder every year, which means that we go through an order of operations, we tell a story every year. but. If you look closely in the Jewish tradition, in the traditions, in the prayers, in the everydayness of the religious practices, what you'll find is that actually those, that story comes up every single day. It's a, it's a bedrock of the religious practice of the Jewish tradition. It's actually part of the kind of like, I'd, I'd say the foundation of it, the, 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 the bottom level. So it's actually, yeah, we do coming, we are coming up on the story of it and Passover and all of that, all that comes with that of eating the matzah and all the things, but year round, every single day, there's mention in some way in liturgy, in the prayers, somehow connected to this story. So I want to talk about this, this thing that we do right in the middle of the Passover Seder, which is a Korach sandwich. It's a sandwich. They say that Hillel, the elder, would take the Pesach, which is the, the, the sacrifice. He used to take the a piece of the lamb and the matzah, take a piece of this matzah that was prepared, and maror, which is the bitter herb. And he would uh, put them all together and then you would eat them all at once, like a one, like a sandwich, Pesach, Korach sandwich, they call it. And I, I want to see, I want to like think, consider why we're doing that and maybe see if we can suss out some of the deeper meaning of that. So in nowadays, we don't have the sacrifices anymore. He was living in the temple time. So we, this, this sandwich would just be matzah and, and bitter herb and maror. And in my family growing up, I know we already always had matzah and haroset, which is like a sweet mixture of nuts and dates and a little bit of grape juice or wine. And, um, and we put that together with the maror. So we'd actually like to add a little bit of extra sweetness to this, to the sandwich and into that bitter herbs mix up. 
And I think when I started looking at the, this question of why are we doing that? What are, what's the purpose? What's the lesson here? I, I couldn't help but think about the stuff I've been learning recently with Norman Fisher in training and compassion. And he, he says this interesting bit, and I think it's true. I ask myself a lot, like, why are we practicing? What are we practicing for? And I say this often that it's not that we're practicing just to get good at meditation, because that would be, I think, a little bit of a, maybe a waste of time. I think the meditation is meant to help us and the training that we're doing is not just so that we can calm down for the few minutes that we're calming down. It's also so that we can kind of baseline ourselves and that that calm will transfer into more ease in the rest of our lives when things are not as calm, when things are a little bit more difficult, that we're able to take that calm, that piece of calm and the focus that we've learned in the meditation and apply that in our lives. And he says, if you can't practice when things are rough in the difficulty, you revert to old ways of being and doing, then you're sunk and your practice isn't worth much. So it's like an interesting barometer to say, like, if when things get hard, your practice doesn't help you, you better rethink whatever you're doing in your practice, because the whole point of this training is that it helps you in times of difficulty. Help me. Th- I can I, there's this quote from, from the Buddha that I think about, and I'll read it to you now. It, it says, when touched with a feeling of pain, the ordinary uninstructed person sorrows, grieves, and laments, beats their breast, becomes distraught. So they feel two pains, physical and mental just as if they were to shoot a man with an arrow and right afterwards were to shoot him with another one so that he would feel the pain of two arrows. So this is an interesting concept. This is the, it's kind of a famous tale of the two arrows. The first is saying, look, you stub your toe, things get difficult in life whatever is unpleasant, maybe you're cold or hot or whatever, right? There's so many ways we can be uncomfortable. But if you were then to, which is, that's the first arrow, but what we do to ourselves, the uninstructed person, when we're not practicing, we don't have this solid base of spiritual practice, then we will sorrow and grieve and lament and beat our breast and become distraught. We'll, We'll basically work ourselves up into being more, having more pain than is necessary. There's the initial pain, can't, undeniable, that happens. Then there's this extra thing that we do, which is pile on top. And I think the message of the story is don't do the second one. If, you, if at all possible, start to take the difficulty of life and don't make it extra. So I want to fold in one, uh, three, three bits of this that I think are going to help us to use this, this teaching. And, and at the end, I'm going to tie it back to how I think this Hillel sandwich, this mixing the bread, the matzah and the bitterness. And in the, in the case of my own family with the, also with the haroset, with that, a little bit of a sweet pasty mixture, putting them all together. And what I think that that is the lesson of that is. 
So the first piece of this, it, when you're going through difficulty, so now I'm, I'm being very careful with my language here. It's when we go through difficulty. It's not an if we go through difficulty. There's a for sure there's going to be difficulty. I think that's one of the assumptions of the practice we're in. And I think it's not far from reality. Think about it. It's just part of, you know, just even growing pains, right? When you're doing everything right and you're becoming a, an adult, you're going, going from a very small size human being to a larger human being, there's growing pains. Physically, it may be uncomfortable to be get, to get bigger, to do what the natural, healthy, like everything is on track. This is a good thing. All of that, all of that comes with pain. So it's like pain is inevitable. It's just part of the process of aging, of getting older. And then, you know, on that backside of getting older, getting, is your body falling apart in some ways? So number one is if you're in this painful or difficult situation, don't take it personally. I learned that from, uh, from life, but I think this is also part of the four agreements that we talked about a little, a few weeks ago. Stop taking it personally, right? I think that's one of the ways that we kind of pile on to the difficulty. It's like, it's difficult, but then, okay, fine. Then it's difficult. But then you start to say, why me? My life is always, always like that, which there's no always like anything. And we start to make a story and then all of a sudden it's way harder to deal with the reality of the pain of whatever is going on. Yes, it's, I'm in pain. Yes, I don't like whatever it is. But I, when I start to take it personally, now it's like, it's like you can blow it out of proportion. So number one, don't take it personally. Number two, this is one of the concepts that in Norman's book that I'm, I'm now kind of really studying deeply. He says that there's this part of practice, which is after learning your, how to be compassionate generally. And the next piece of that is transform bad circumstances into the path. Transform bad circumstances into the path. It's saying, take the good with the bad. Keep your spirits up. Laugh, smile, dance, enjoy good things, even when things are difficulty. And I think the power of this is to say, don't try to avoid it. Again, there's, there's going too deep into it. There's taking the pain and really going into it and, and making yourself suffer more, which is the first point. And the second point is saying, don't try to push it away either. Don't, because we all know that it doesn't work. It's like, try to push away the difficulty and you know that it's not actually going to help you. If you think about it, it doesn't actually make it go away. It just makes it actually harder to go through it. It's the second arrow. It's another version of the second arrow. So actually to instead use this pain or difficulty as part of your transformation, as part of your process to transform it actively as an active process to say, this is a difficult situation. I'm going to use this for my process. I'm not going to think that spiritual practice is somehow a way of bypassing all of the difficulty of life. That's not how it works. Life is going to be difficult at times. There's going to be pain at times. We just said it's actually part of the code of how it works. 
growing pains actually there's not it's part of it it's not like an anomaly if you grow that's how it works right so you're not doing anything wrong it's not personal there's nothing wrong with you don't try to deny it and push it away make it actually lean into it encounter it not lean into it in terms of like woe is me but don't try to push it away either and i think that the way that we go about that is this the third part of this be patient just know that for sure things are going to change it's not a debatable part of life things will change anything that comes into existence will go out of existence. If you're born, that means that eventually there's going to be a death. That's part of it, right? When you watch the flowers bloom, you know that they're not going to be there always. It's just part of it, right? It's They were going to die. They're going to pass on. They're going to become dust again. That's just part of the normal thing. So knowing the truth of change and this impermanence actually helps us to be patient. It reminds us in these moments of difficulty, which are inevitable, there's a few things we can do. Take a breath. That helps, right? The breath that I instruct us in every time we practice, almost every time we practice, is take a deep breath and breathe out slow, as if through a straw, long, slow exhale. When things are not going so great, take a breath, slow, long, extended exhale, and give yourself a chance to just lower the temperature. It's normal for us to react, totally normal. But once we've re reacted, then just remind yourself, oh, I'm adding a second arrow to this. I'm trying to push it away, right? I'm taking it personally, or I'm trying to push it away, and I can't do that. That's, or I could keep doing that, but we know that that's not going to help. And it's actually causing me great, more distress. It is making it more, the situation more painful. So take a breath. And then there's another one that, that can help. And we know that the breath is part of the body, but you can also just connect with your body, connect with how pleasant it is to breathe. You can listen to the sounds around you or use your eyes to see something pleasant. If you're outdoors, sometimes you can hear birds chirping or a, a nice breeze come by. You know, the other day I was, uh, I was catching a flight and I had a very early morning Uber scheduled to pick me up at, at like a taxi. And the, they, they were scheduled to, to pick me up. And for whatever reason that day, I don't know why it's never happened since, but I couldn't, I went to go get out of the doors of my building of the house and the doors wouldn't open. It's one of those like magnetic locks that needs to be in, like released in order for you to open the doors and the doors wouldn't open. It just, they just wouldn't open. And by the, and so I went around the back and out the gate. And by the time I got around the back and out the gate, the Uber driver had decided that the window of time of waiting time was over. And I missed my Uber, like they was gone, they were gone. And I could actually see them driving down the street away from me. 
It was very, it was an, it was an emotional moment. Cause I'm like trying to get out this door. <laughs> you know, you can imagine trying to get out this door. I know I'm, I know my driver's waiting, but there's nothing, it's not about me. I didn't do anything wrong. This, the, for whatever reason, this magnetic door lock is not opening. I have to go around the back and they're gone. And to add to the kind of insult to injury, it was like, it ended up costing about 50% more to order, to reorder another Uber. And I was now going to be cutting the time window of when my, when I was going to arrive to my flight, it was going to be very, very tight. The window was going to get so much tighter because now I had to reorder another Uber and it's going to cost more and it would take them time to arrive to me. And now we're already late. And for a moment, it was like, rah, oh my gosh. And then I just recognized it's not personal. I took a breath, like, okay, here we are. The Uber driver went away. Now, the next thing I need to do is order another one. And I can sit here and fume and pile on and get riled up. Or I could just notice where I'm at, go back to my body. I took a breath, I went back to my body and I started to hear it. There were birds chirping and I got a nice breeze. It was a beautiful morning. And I looked up in the sky and there was, you could start to see the clouds being lit up by the morning sun. And it was beautiful. And it was excellent. And there was nothing I could do. May, may, maybe I was going to miss my flight. Maybe. I didn't know at the time. Was it going to cost more? Yes. Could I do anything about that at that moment? No. And it, just this practice of understanding, transforming the difficulty into the path, taking the bitterness of that particular moment and disappointment and just rolling with it actually helped me to let it go. And then I ended up just feeling grateful for my life, for the fact that there are flights, for the fact that there is Uber, for the fact that I have the finances to get on an Uber, for the fact that I, I'm well enough to walk around and to have made that run. And I just remembered that there's a, this actual possibility of in the moment of the difficulty, instead of carrying on and making it more difficulty, I could actually just lean in and be okay. I notice that the suffering itself, I don't need to try to like avoid that. It sucked, right? It didn't, it wasn't the most ideal moment I've ever I've had in my travels or in my life, but I knew I didn't need to, the, the difficulty of it didn't need to be, I didn't need to push it away. And it made me capable of using what was happening to me, the good and the bad. And in that case, it was not the so good to not have to be anxious or obsessed with trying to make sure that everything was per perfectly turning out how I wanted it to be and to just win all the time, right? I just didn't feel like I needed to have carry that fear with me because it, it was like not, there was no purpose to it. I felt in that moment that holding on to it was going to make my life more difficult. So this is what I think the Korach sandwich is, that sandwich that Hillel used with the bitter herbs, together with the, the meat, together with the matzah. It's saying life is not always going to be sweet. It's not always going to be the best things are going to happen to you. There is going to be the bitterness in life. But if you notice, if you look closely, even in the bitterness, 
there's goodness. There's the possibility of the bitterness becoming something that we can actually just move through as that's okay, that's bitterness, but it's coming together with miracles, with miraculousness. Because the matzah itself is a symbol of this miracle that happened, that we were, that everything was flipped upside down quickly. It was like we were suffering, suffering, and suffering. And then all of a sudden, you're out of the suffering, just gone, just like that. So we're, we're putting them together. Yes, the time was difficult as slaves, but things were pretty amazing as well. It was miraculous. The whole situation, when we remember the difficulty, we also remember the sweetness. There's an interpretation that matzah is equal to love, and maror, this bitter herb, is equal to fear, the bitterness of fear. But this is teaching us, put them together, right? Yes, things may be fearful or difficult or challenging, but remind yourself that actually there's love and pleasant in every moment. Even if you're just breathing, we notice that there's some pleasure in just breathing. And some even say that matzah is the equal to wisdom. I've heard of that. And I think living with wisdom, what we're trying to get after in this practice is that no know, is knowing in these times of difficulty. Well, this is not what I like the most, but it's part of living. And I can breathe in the difficulty and I can breathe out compassion and light, which is the practice that's that comes before this kind of almost expert level trying to take the difficulty and making it part of the practice. And of course, the understanding in the practice, setting our expectations to understand that spiritual practice, especially practices like these, they take time, they take effort, they take support and repetition, you could do it over and over. So what I want to do today is, well, let's practice, we'll practice as normal today. We're going to use the breath as our object. But what I want to invite you to do is in moments of challenge, and this happens for everyone at every level of practice. When you have moments throughout the meditation, when I'm saying when, because it's part of it, breathe in the difficulty. If you're feeling whatever you're feeling that's not so pleasant, breathe it in and transform it into light. Give yourself the compassion to understand this is just part of the process and take it as it is. Don't push it away it's, and know that it's not personal. It's just part of things. Remind yourself that it's going to pass. You can't stay like that. And let that move you forward. So you'll breathe in the difficulty and breathe out compassion and lightness in those moments of difficulty. So you'll be practicing as usual. And in moments when you notice that things are not as pleasant as you'd like, breathe it in. Take it in as it is. Don't pile on extra and breathe out the lightness. Remind yourself how pleasant it is to just be alive and breathing and see how that transforms your practice, not only in the meditation, but in your life. So let's practice. We've got 20 minutes to do it. I think that's the lesson that we can learn from this Korach practice. Take the bitterness, but put it, combine it with something that with, with wisdom, combine it with love, combine it with goodness, and things are actually good. 
they will be good. Here comes the bell. Beginning with our sense of sound as we carry on from the bell. And our sense of sight. Our sense of smell. And taste. And touch, feeling in our body. And shifting to notice our breath. And of course, feelings and sounds and thoughts, maybe smells or tastes may distract us, will distract us. In those moments of distraction, when we notice that we're distracted, we reset with another breath. And if we encounter difficulty, in moving through these precious minutes of practice of life, breathing in, the difficulty and with love and compassion and wisdom, knowing it will pass breathing out light and ease. And compassion knowing that this will serve us 
what is foundational for our spiritual practice. Not just once a year, but every day. This too shall pass. If at any point you feel you're becoming impatient, or that the practice is becoming difficult, know that that is part of the practice. Utilize it to help make you stronger. Breathe it in and transform it into goodness.
Your mind may move forward in time, anticipating, trying to tell the future. Or backwards in time, recalling old events. Either way, not present. So notice that. And return again to your breath. Breathing in the distraction. Breathing out into the present moment.
deep breath. Long exhale. You can do a stretch and a smile and be grateful for this moment, for this day, for this practice. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. To stay updated on new episodes, subscribe on iTunes or follow on Facebook.com slash Rabbi Shulk. That's Rabbi Shulk, R-A-B-B-I-S-H-O-L-K. Hey, so if you're really serious about this, come on down to ravariel.com. That's www.ravariel.com. Take our free trial do the self-learn path or try group coaching or even come apply to work with me one-on-one and you give yourself the accountability and the support and the step-by-step path that you need to feel calmer more mindful and happier with your life so come on down www.ravariel.com see you there